so grateful and so thankful that even when we don't see it, God is working. Even when we don't feel it, God is working. You should already have in your notes, we don't walk by feelings, we don't walk by emotions, we walk by faith. Faith means that we walk by trusting. That's the uh, synonym for it. That's the, the, the root word for, for faith is belief and trust. And so we walk by believing and trusting and hoping in our confidence is in God, not in our emotions, because emotions change and feelings change. But God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So remember, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, God is at work. And God never stops. God never stops working on behalf of his people. So be encouraged, regardless of where you are in life, God is working behind the scenes. And it's a beautiful thing to know that a true and living God is working behind the scenes on behalf of your life. So as we walk in obedience, we do experience the complete and the extraordinary and blessed life that we have in Christ. Make a note, when we walk in obedience, when we don't, then we pretty much are on our own. But walk in obedience so that you and I can experience all that God has for us. And we'll talk more about that during the message. I want to thank you all so much again for being here this morning. So grateful, so thankful for the relationship uh, that we have as we communicate uh, via social media or on phone and I, or the phone or in our uh, Wednesday night Bible studies when we're engaged uh, and, and, and talking. And I just want to say thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm so blessed um, to be your pastor and to be a pastor in, in, in such a time as this to teach the word uh, so we all can navigate and grow together in God even in the midst of a pandemic. So I do want to thank you all uh, for your giving. It's just been a blessing. You're very generous. And I just want to say thank you. It allows us to continue to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the whole world now to be a live stream. We're, we're, we're out there and we're sharing the gospel and we're not going to compromise that. And we're so thankful for uh, all the, the missions and missionaries that we support that's touching lives literally around the world. So thank you and you play a huge part in that. So if you're on your, your desktop and you're giving on your laptop, go to southbayalc.com, push the uh, giving icon or click the giving icon and proceed accordingly on your cell phone. Um, same thing, go to southbayalc.com and then push the three bars at the top and it'll send you to giving and then give accordingly. Or if you're like me and you're still writing checks, uh, make the check payable to SBALC, and then you can mail it to 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, that's 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. And again, thank you so much for your giving. And for those of you that have been joining us for Bible study, we've just been having an amazing time. I'm going to encourage you, be there this Wednesday, 6.30 to 7.30. You can go to our website, southbayalc.com, and you see all the coordinates and the passwords, and we do it uh, via Zoom on Wednesday nights. So uh, please join us. We are in 2 Kings uh, chapter 2 an incredible chapter. We're just having the best time going through God's word. Solomon has just become king and we see how God is um, <clears throat> directing and guiding Solomon. And it's just amazing to see as he connects with God. And uh, when we get into chapter three, God's going to give him wisdom like he's given to no other. Uh, it's just an amazing journey through the Old Testament. We've gone all the way from Genesis and now we're in first Kings and uh, you can see the hand of God. You see the grace of God. You see the mercy of God. You see the benefits of God as we walk in obedience. God is there and we see the consequences uh, of sin when we walk in disobedience. But it's the same thing. So relevant for us today. Please join us uh, Wednesday night, 630 to 730. Again, all these Zoom coordinates are on our website. Um, and then if you would uh, be so kind as to give us the, uh, the privilege of praying for you or if you want to give a testimony or uh, a praise report, uh, please email us at life at southbayalc.com, life at southbayalc.com. And it's been great to hear from you, the testimonies, how God is working in your life. And also thank you so much for giving us the privilege to, uh, to pray for you. And uh, we have a team of, 
of uh, leaders that pray uh, every week and every day on your behalf. And so uh, we're just so thankful and so grateful. I do want to share, uh, some of you have emailed me and expressed uh, an interest in becoming a new member. So we will have a new members class. It's going to be great. It's only going to be one hour. Uh, it'll be next week, next Sunday from 2 to 3. And I'll have the Zoom coordinates for you. And um, it's going to be great. And we get a chance, you get a chance to do questions and answers uh, with me. We take you through the things that we believe here at South Bay Abundant Life Church, all based on the Word of God. So you get to know how the ministry was started. We get to have an insight into the background of the ministry, the background of your pastor, and uh, it's going to be great. So make a note, next Sunday, uh, September 27, 2 p.m., new members class, and you will be receiving the coordinates, uh, the Zoom coordinates for that. It's going to be outstanding. I'm excited about that. And then in October, we have a Sunday fun day. And so we have another Sunday fun day. And so we will be getting you the coordinates for that. We had a great time uh, last month when we had our Sunday fun day and it's all virtual and it's just a blessing to be a part of a church family, even in the midst of a pandemic and even virtually. And you'll be amazed of how uh, connected we are and, and, and how connected you feel even virtually as we're having a Sunday fun day or we're doing uh, Bible study or we're doing a new members class. So I'm grateful and thankful for that. Hey, it's time to get into the word. Uh, and if you, and for our, our Jewish brothers and sisters that you know on your job and in your neighborhood, be sure and let them know, um, happy Rosh Hashanah. And um, it's the Jewish uh, New Year, the start of the Jewish New Year. And so um, uh, make sure you just share that with them because we know that the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed and not really concealed because as we've been going through, we've been seeing types and shadows of Jesus Christ throughout the Old Testament. We even see one this morning. Uh, and then uh, we know that the New Testament is Jesus Christ uh, revealed. So we're praying for them to get the revelation of the Lord and Savior of the Jewish Messiah, uh, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So be sure and share that with them. It's a special time of year for our Jewish brothers and sisters. So we're going to go ahead and pray and get into the word. So if you would just bow your heads with me, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. And so excited about the solution we have in Jesus Christ uh, and trying not to get distracted by the sin in the world. Um, but with the solution we have in Christ. So we ask now that you would speak to us through your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It illuminates the way, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, God. Lead, guide us this morning, God. Give us revelation knowledge that leads to a transformed life. So we thank you and we bless you for your word this morning. Holy Spirit, lead, guide, teach, direct. Bring to our remembrance all those things that you've spoken to us, Lord, so that we can live a victorious, transformed life in Jesus Christ and then go and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with others, Lord which is the great commission to go out and make disciples, to teach the word of God and build the kingdom of God here on earth. So we thank you and we bless you, Lord. Lead us now as we study your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would, open your Bibles to um, the book of Psalms uh, 119, verse 113. Psalms 119, 113. And as we do a, a quick review as you're turning, you can multitask, turn and turn the page and take notes at the same time. Um, we're still in the, the series, the, the I am, Jesus Christ as the, the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd, which means he's a, he's a true shepherd. He's not a false prophet. He, he lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, the false prophets, the hirelings, they leave the sheep and they're only there for uh, own, their own personal gain. But within that, we've gotten into this, um, this series on the word of God based upon uh, Paul and Silas when they talked to the jailer and he was asking, what must, he, what must he do to be rescued? They gave him the word of the Lord. So we have been on the word of the Lord because it's so powerful. As we're in the midst of a pandemic, as we're in the midst of fires, we're in the midst of hurricanes and earthquakes and, 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 and election year and, and uh, civil unrest, so much going on. 
We got to get into the word of God so we can see what the Lord is saying and how the Lord is leading us and guiding us as his people to represent him in the midst of everything that's going on. It's no different from what Paul and Silas did for the jailer. As the body of Christ, we can give the word and we should give the word because opinions only go so far in conspiracy theories and, 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 and emotions and thoughts and feelings and recommendations and suggestions only go so far. But the word of God, as we've learned, um, just give you a quick review. It's all based in uh, Psalms 119, what we've learned so far. Um, number one, that the word is established in heaven. That's in verse 89. That is better than gold and silver. That's verse 72. All this is in Psalms 119. That the word should be treasured in our heart, which is Psalms 119.11. It should be never forgotten and it makes us alive. It's in verse 93, that we should meditate on God's word daily. It's verse 97. That is sweet and sweeter than honey. That's verse 103. That the word of God gives us discernment and gives us the wisdom to hate every false way. That's Psalms 104. And then we learned last week that it's a lamp and it's a light on our path, that leads us on our path. And that's Psalms 105. So now we pick it up and we dig deeper into the word and then we find out in Psalms 119, 113, David says, I hate vain thoughts, but your word do I love. Let me say that again. David is saying, I, I, I hate double-minded and I hate divided, um, and I hate half-hearted and skeptical thoughts. Make a note, David had, had doubts and double thoughts too. Here's David as he's trying to navigate in his life and he's realizing that he has double thoughts, that he, he gets confused, he has doubts, and he says, I hate it. I hate it. And in, in the uh, Hebrew, it talks about the enemy. When the enemy are your foe, which we know to be to be Satan, the accuser uh, and the tempter. When he causes you to doubt what God is doing in your life, when he causes you to doubt the purpose and the plan and the set time that God has for your life, the script and the blueprint and the formula and the mixture, when everything's going on, everything that God's word is, the enemy tries you to doubt that you have a God-given purpose and that God still loves and cares about you. And David says, I hate that. I hate, I hate to have those double thoughts. But he says, but God's word I do love. Amen. So make a note. When, when we're in the midst of, of, of negative thoughts and the enemy's trying to tell you that you'll never be anything, that you, you, you'll never own your own business. You'll never have a ministry. You'll never be married. You'll never finish college. You'll never do anything right. You'll be just like the rest of the failures in your family or in your neighborhood or in your community. When Emmy's trying to tell you that God, that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't love you, that it's not going to work for you this time, you'll never get promoted. You'll never get a job. You'll never be on your own. You'll never be financially secure. You'll never be healthy. When he's trying to tell you all that, David said he hates that. But he loves the word of God and he'll always remember that God has a purpose and plan for his life. He says, I hate the double negative thoughts. And that's why the word tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Family, we got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So when the enemy starts teaching all that and starts trying to tell us all that negative, double-minded, half-hearted, divided thoughts about the purpose and the plan that God has for our life, we can stand on the word of God because our, and we can tell the enemy how much we love the word of God because it's established in heaven and it does not change. The only thing that's going to change is our mind. God's word is not going to change. And so when those negative double thoughts come, then we have to embrace and love God's word even more. And remember, we talked about the word here. It's, it's the plan. It's the purpose. It's the script. It's the prescription. It's your God-given dream. It's your God-given purpose that God has for you that you fall in love with and not the negative thoughts and not the divided thoughts that the enemy tries to feed you. 
Oh, David had double thoughts too. As great as King David was, a man after God's own heart, he said, man, I hate it when my mind tries to tell me that God's not going to come through for me, that God's not going to keep his promise, that God's not going to, to deliver on what he's promised. And see, like I said, and, and as the word says, God, God doesn't change. The only thing changes is our mind when we take our focus off the word of God. When we take our focus off our loving God and we start focusing in on our situation and our circumstances that are before us. And we start walking by sight and not by faith. The only thing that can change the God-given purpose that God has for your life and the script that's already been written for your life and the providence, the video, the video's already been played. The only thing that can change it is when you and I become disobedient to the word of God. And then it nullifies what God is trying to do in our life because now we're acting on our free will and we're doing our own thing. That's the only thing that changes it. That's why our mind has to be renewed daily, renovated. That's why we have to be born again, regenerated from above, converted from above, and it's daily. That's why David said he meditates on the word daily. Because the enemy tries to tell us lies. He's the father of lies. So when the enemy tries to tell us all the lies, we have to remember that we have to, to love and embrace God's word. Let me say that again. In the midst of all the thoughts, in the midst of everything going on, we have to love and embrace God's word. And let it lead us daily. Let the word of God lead us daily. Embrace it, God's word, even when our day, week, month, or year does not look like what God has promised for us. Let me say it again. Even when our, our day, our week, our month, our year, or our life doesn't look like it's lined up with the purpose and the plan that we know God has spoken to our heart and we have to fall in love and embrace God's word and his plan for our life even more. And, and the scriptures can say it a lot better than I can. So, so let's journey through. Uh, if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 37, let's look at an illustration of this so that we know that we're not alone. David had Doubts and he hated them, but he said, I love God's word. Family, make a note. When you're feeling at your lowest point, when you're feeling that God's not there and God couldn't be there because of the things that are going on in your life. And and it, it, it has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with the plan and the purpose of God. It's a process to it. It's a process to getting to the promise of God. And we all have to go through some things we have to go through. And that's why David said, I love the word of God. Remember, you can't be that Christian that when when things are falling apart or where it doesn't look like it's what God has promised you. And then your 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 Christian friends say, hey, let, let me share the word with you. And you don't you, you can't be the Christian to say, I don't need scripture right now. Yes, you do. That's why David said in the midst of the double thoughts, I love God's word. I embrace God's word. I agape it unconditionally. It's not based on how I, how I feel. You can't be that Christian to say, man, I, I don't need no scripture right now. I know the word of God. This is this is when we need it in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an earthquake, in the midst of a hurricane, in the midst of a fire, in the, in the midst of a civil unrest, in the midst of an election year, in the midst of a world that's on the verge of falling apart. That's when we get into the word of God, when your health is failing. When your family's acting up, that's when you say, God, I love your word. I hate the thoughts that the enemy's trying to give me, but I love your word, Lord, and I'm going to stand on your word. So we pick up this this uh, the narrative here in, in verse um, in, in in Joseph in, in Genesis 37 and verse five. We pick up the, the story, the narrative. Joseph has a dream, a God given dream. And in the, in, the, in the midst of his dream, he has, he has four stops that we're just going to check in with today. He tells his brothers his dream. Next thing you know, he's in the pit. 
Then he goes to Potiphar's house. <laughs> then he goes to prison and then he goes to the palace when his dream is accomplished. Let me say it again. Pit, Potiphar, prison and the palace. Can you imagine what the enemy was speaking to his mind during the process when he's in the pit? When you're in the pit, darkness thrown in there by your own family. When you're in prison for something you didn't do, wrongly imprisoned, and you're saying, God, where's my God now who's giving me this dream and look where I am. So you understand you can never you can you can never determine and base your God-given dream on your current location where you are now. You can't base it on what things look like now. It's just the process that you're going through to get to the promise. Go on and push that share button, Facebook family. We're going to get deep but not complicated. People try and judge themselves on where they are now. Stay obedient. Love the Word of God. Embrace the Word of God and watch God work in your life, whether you're in the pit whether you're in, in Potiphar's house, whether you're in prison, wrongly in prison, by the way, or whether you're in the palace. Remember, God is with you. Let's pick up. Let's pick it up at uh, Genesis 37, verse five. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him yet the more. <laughs> I'm trying to read the word, but even you got to be careful who you share your dream with. And in this case, it was his brothers and they were already hating on him because his father showed favoritism towards him. But that's a whole nother message for another time. Fathers. But he his brothers hated him. And then he shared it. Be careful who you share your dream with. But then also remember, it doesn't even matter because if it's a God given dream and you're being obedient, even if the haters don't like it, even if they hate on you more, they can't stop what God has for you. Let me say it again. Share it with whoever you want to. And if they're hating on you, if you're walking in obedience, it doesn't matter because they can't stop what God has for you anyway, as we'll see with the life of Joseph. Let me start at verse five again. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, verse six, here, I pray you, please listen to this, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheep arose, or my stalks, you're binding stalks, they're agriculture, they're working in the field, and you bind the stalks. And he said that my stalks rose and stood up. And behold, your sheaves, your stalks stood round about, and then they bowed down to my stalk. <laughs> Verse eight, and his brother said to him, wait, 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 hold up, partner. These are Joseph's older brothers. Make a note, Joseph is 17 at the time. Most scholars believe he's around 17, 16, 17 at the time of this dream. He's the younger brother. His dad shows favoritism, but God's hand is upon Joseph. And he dreams this dream and he shares it with his brothers. And, and look, family, I, I had... Um, Two of my brothers are deceased, but I had uh, five brothers. And if one of my brothers said, hey, look, man, I, I, have, I have a dream and I'm going to uh, I'm going to be successful and you guys are going to work for me. And this, I'm happy for my brother. Somebody say, man, I hope you're happy for your brother. Brother, I hope it comes true. I love to work. I would love to work for my brother. Matter of fact, I did work for one of my brothers. Right. But when you're filled with envy and pride and hate and jealousy, which all comes from the enemy, then you instead of getting your life together, you're hating on somebody. And that's strictly from the enemy. That's strictly satanic influence. They should have been happy for their brother and say, brother, well, let's see. Well, when we bow down to you, just make sure you take care of us with, with your dream. But they hated him even the more. Verse eight, and his brother said to him, so shall, shall you indeed reign over us? The reign, that word reign in the Hebrew means to become king. So you telling us you're going to be king over us? Um, or you shall indeed have dominion over us? Are you going to be elevated over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. They hated him for the dream. They hated him for the word of God that was spoken over his life. They hated him for the word of God that God had put in his heart. And that's why David, he says he hates the double mindedness, but he loves God, God's word. 
family love the word of God. And see, if you're not meditating, if you're not getting into this word, then how can God speak his purpose and his method and his plan and his blueprint and his mixture for your life? If God hasn't spoken it to you, it's because you haven't gotten into the word so God can confirm and speak to your heart. You got to get into the word. So they hated him for a dream. They hated him because he wanted to do something with his life and, and he was connected with God and God was showing him things. As opposed to them humbling themselves, they started hating on him. Verse nine, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I've dreamed a dream and behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made bow down unto me. In verse 10, he told it to his father and his brother and his and his, he, told, he told it to his father and his, and his brother and his father rebuked him, said unto him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come bow down ourselves to you on the earth? Verse 11, and his brothers envied him, but his father observed or his father took note of the saying. So he shares the dream and look where it gets him. Verse 24. <laughs> Look where his dream gets him. You're working for God. You're living for God. And verse 24, and they took him and cast him into the pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. So for your God given dream, where's your God at now when you're in the pit? When you're cast in the pit, not by strangers, but by your family, when you're when you when you neglected and rejected by those that you would think would look out for you and love you. But then you find yourself in the pit. And your life and nothing about your life is lining up with the God given dream that's been spoken. That's when you and I family, that's when we have to fall in love with God's word even more. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why we have to know the word so we can love the word and know that God has given us a purpose and a plan and a formula and a mixture and a script to follow, which is his word. And it takes us right to the place that he has for us. Society's not going to be going to be happy about your God given dream. You might not get the pat on the back. You, you might not get the acc accolades. You might not get the encouragement, but you can't let that stop you. You have to love God's word. You have to walk stronger. You have to get deeper. You have to pray more. You have to fast more. You have to stay focused. Don't lose focus because when you start focusing on your, your current situation and your circumstances, even if you're successful and you start focusing in on that, you're going to miss what God has for you and focus more on the double minded and the divided mind and the half hearted uh, thoughts. And that takes you further away from God. And just think about it, family, what kind of um, what kind of and, and Joseph was human. What kind of mental gymnastics do you think Joseph went through? when he's in the pit and then when he finds himself in prison in Potiphar's house as well and and being tempted and lied on and then in prison, what type of mental gymnastics is he going through? Um, and you ask yourself, what is the enemy speaking to you this morning? What type of mental gymnastics are you going through? And see, you got to get into the word of God so you have the God given dream because it has to line up with God's will for your life and the word and the word of God. Sometimes we have dream and it's that it's that pizza and that uh, that that piece of cake and that ice cream <laughs> and those hot wings. And it causes you to dream and has nothing to do with God. So make sure you're into the word. Let me say it again. Uh, sometimes we having having dreams and. uh <laughs> It's really the pizza and the ice cream and the hot wings. It has nothing to do with the word of God. Get into the word of God. So you're not confused that you're not going off on a tangent and you can stay focused on the God given dream. And God's given each and every one. He's placed something in our heart. To work for him, we know that the Great Commission, we just don't know the method. God, what's the best method for me to work for you? Because Jesus already told us, go ye therefore and teach the gospel and build the kingdom of God. We already know what we're to do, but God, how do I do it? When do I do it? What's the right time? And that's where the wisdom of the word gives you the script and the blueprint 
for the set time that God has for you. And we'll get distracted by listening to the, to the negative thoughts of the enemy and others. And then if we look at our current situation and we're in the pit or we're in the prison, or even if we're in the palace and we lose focus on what God's called us to do, we'll miss it. And we'll live a, live a defeated, frustrated life. And then here it comes. Then we blame others. Then we're upset with others. But it's because we're not walking in obedience and we're not embracing and loving God's word and letting it guide our life each and every day. Here's a revelation. Let the word of God lead your life every day. It's not mystical. It's not magical. Let the word of God read the Psalms, read the Proverbs, meditate on the word of God and let it guide you every day. How to think, how to act, how to live, how to love, how to forgive. It's all in the word, how to have good success, how to be a blessing to people. It's all in the word of God, how to communicate what to say, when to say it, how to say it. It's all in the word of God. And it allows you to live a victorious life and the abundant life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly, a complete, extraordinary life. And the word of God teaches us how to get to that point. But we got to love it every day. And we have to not be driven and live by the double minded, divided thoughts, the skeptical thoughts, the half hearted thoughts that the enemy tries to tell us that we'll never make it. We'll never be anything. God couldn't love someone like you with all the things that you've done. God could never love you. And you have to be careful to be led by the word of God and not by the voice of the enemy. That's why David said, I, I hate the double thoughts. I, I hate what the enemy tries to tell me, but I love the word of God. I love the plan that God has for my life. There's a lot going on in Joseph's life. Let me say it. It's a lot going on in Joseph's life. It's a lot going on in our life, in my life, in your life. It's a lot going on, family. Very important to stay in love with the word of God. God is trustworthy. You can trust God. God is faithful, which means he's trustworthy. And God is a promise keeper. Make a note of that. And the only thing that can stop you and I <clears throat> from accomplishing and completing the task that God has for us, the God-given dreams that God has for us, is if we're disobedient to God. And then we act on our own free will outside of the will of God. It's the only thing that can stop us. Not the enemy, not the brothers who are hating, not the family that's hating, not the boss. None of that can stop you and I from getting to the place that God has for us. The only thing that can is when we personally choose to be disobedient and to act and to live outside of the will of God. And then we'll never see it because our thoughts are divided and we listen to the enemy and we don't fall in love and embrace the word of God. Look at look at Genesis 39. Let's go to 39. And now we find Joseph at Potiphar's house. He's been bought. Isn't that something? So he's in the midst of his in, in the midst of his God given dream. He's being bought and then he's going to be falsely imprisoned. <laughs> doesn't look like a dream. Doesn't look like a godly dream, does it? That you're being bought and sold like a piece of meat and not the man of God or the woman of God that God's called you to be. And then you find yourself imprisoned. Doesn't look like the dream. But I love this. Look at Genesis 39 and verse two. Underline this family. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man in the midst of coming out of the pit, in the midst of being in Potiphar's house. Not the success, but that the Lord was with him. And if God is with you, you're living a good life and it's successful because you're living according to the one who judges you, the one who you want to put a smile on the face when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't care who's hating on you. If you're living your life and God is with you, you're blessed and you're successful and you're walking in an obedient life to God. Verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master of the Egyptian, which we know to be Potiphar. Verse three, and his master saw, take no people will see God, the hand of God on your life. 
the grace of God on your life, the blessings of God on your people will see the favor of God on your life. Keep walking strong. Keep falling in love with God's word. This is what's important. This is the, the payoff for those that are living right for God, doing their best to, to not practice any sin, but confessing that sin daily and loving God's word daily and running to God. This is what it looks like. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand, that God caused everything that he did to prosper. Make a note of this. Somebody needs to make a note of this, regardless of what your life is looking like now. Meditate on this, that God's with you and that you're successful in God. And God, make everything that I do. And that word prosper in Hebrew, Hebrew means to progress God, whatever I put my hand to, cause it to progress, to move forward. God, I don't want to go backwards. I'm tired of taking a step backward. God, would you be with me and cause everything I do to move forward in Jesus' name? Underline this. Put a star by this. Meditate on this all week. And regardless of what your situation and circumstance looks like, Joseph has left the pit, but then he's been bought and sold, and now he's in Potiphar's, Potiphar's house. But so what? Everything that he's doing, God is with him and it, God's causing it to progress and people see it. And they can't stop it because Joseph's living an obedient life to God. So as much as they're hating or if they're hating or not, they can't stop it. Because Joseph is obedient and he's staying connected to God and he's serving God. Verse three, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph at verse four and Joseph found grace. Underline that. Look at the grace of God on his life. In the midst of being bought and sold in the midst of coming from the pit, the grace of God is on his life. And he served him and he made him overseer and leadership. We got grace, we got favor, we got God, we got success, we got leadership. Everything you and I would want to be. He has influence, every godly influence. Pray for godly influence. Everything that he does, the influence is godly on his life. God, give us godly influence so folks can see that we're working for you and they want to know what must I do to be saved. How can I tap into what you have? We tell them it's the word of God. It's nothing mystical or magical. It's obedient life living for God. God, thank you for the godly influence. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. He made him oversee over his house leadership and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass, verse 5, and it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all, underline all that he had, that the Lord blessed. And then God blesses in the midst of it. Family, I don't care what your situation looks like now. God can bless you right in the middle of it. Mm, God, thank you. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. So God has increased Joseph's territory. I'm telling you, I don't care what it looks like now, but walking in an obedient life to God, the grace of God, the favor of God, the success of God, loving. That's why David said, I love God's word. I love the plan and the purpose he has for my life, because in the midst of what I'm going through, because some things you just have to go through, you still have the grace, the favor, the success, the leadership, the influence and the blessing of God upon your life and others see it, stand strong, fall in love with the word of God daily, family. Oh, I love God's word. I love the encouragement from the word, the empowering of the word. I'm not going to listen to the enemy when he tells, tells the lies or try and make me think, and you and I think that we start believing the lies of the enemy, not going to listen to it. I'm going to fall in love with God's word. We talked about it the other week on what to think on Philippians 4, 8. Think on these things, true and lovely, just and pure and honest, of good report, and then fall in love with God's word and watch the hand of God work on your life. Look at verse, now let's go to verse 20. Same chapter, 39, let's go to verse 20. Potiphar's wife tries to make a move on Joseph, and Joseph says, how can I do this thing and sin against God? 
See, it wasn't about the husband or anything. Joseph's relationship was with God. He said, I can't do this. God's blessing my life. Lady, you don't understand this. In the midst of everything that's going on, God is blessing me and God is, I can't, I can't mess. I don't want to break that connection with God because God's blessing me, blessing me. His hand is on my life. And so he rejected her and through her rejection, she falsely accused him of trying to make a move on her. We pick it up in verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, underlying prison, wrongly accused in prison. A place where the king's prisoners were, even in the midst of going into the prison, the providence of God was with him because God placed him right in the midst of the king's prisoners. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's what I'm saying. Focus on God, not on your situation. God has you right where he wants you to be. Even if it looks like you're you're stuck, you're in prison, you're not going anywhere. God has you right where he wants you to be. It's a purpose and it's going to move you as you go through the process to the promise that God has for you. Verse 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Verse 21, but, somebody, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed, here, and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Come on, family, hear what I'm saying. I don't care what it looks like now. I keep saying this, but in the midst of it, look, even now he's in prison. He went from the pit to Potiphar's house. Now he's in prison. Look, the Lord is with him and look what comes with it. That's why David could say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalms, the end of Psalms 23. And here is Joseph in jail. Genesis 39 and 21. And it says, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy and gave him favor. Thank you, Lord, that wherever I am, I can experience your mercy and your favor. You can't judge God by based on your location or your condition or your position. God is everywhere and God is with you. Even in the lowest parts when you're in prison or you feel in prison, trapped in your mind, God is there. Love the Lord. Get God's word in your mind and break free through the word of God. And you will see that God's mercy and his love and his kindness and his blessing has always been there. Even when I'm trapped in mind, whether in my mind, whether I'm physically in prison, emotionally or mentally in prison, God's word breaks free and breaks the doors open. And we can see the blessing and the mercy and the favor and the kindness of God in the midst of all that. Verse 22, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph, Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord, underlined the Lord, was with Joseph. And that which he did, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord made it to progress. Some of us, we've been fighting too hard. We've been working too hard. We've been trying to do it on our own and not. All we have to do is be obedient to the word of God and everything that God has for us. We walk in it as we go through the mixture, the mixture, the highs or lows, whether it's the pit, Potiphar's prison or the palace. We go up, but God's with us. Somebody needs to understand that this morning. God's with you, but you got to continue to walk in obedience. Don't get distracted by the negative thoughts. Put a star by Psalms 119, 113. I hate the, hate the double-mindedness. I hate being lukewarm. I hate being wishy-washy with God. When the enemy tries to tell me the, all the lies, but I love God's word because it reminds me of who God is. Let's go on and see if we can can wrap this up. Let's go to. Um, let's go to. I said thirty nine, twenty. Let's go to verse. Let's go to chapter forty one. Genesis forty one. Verse forty two. <laughs> and it's a lot to the story. And I, I could spend a whole month. Wow, I probably could spend a whole year teaching on the life of Joseph. I just wanted to give you a snapshot as it tied in with Psalms 119 and 113. But now we see Joseph in the palace and, and so much is gone on. Family, I'm telling you where you are is not where it's going to end. It's just a.
process and we progress on our way to the promise. Look at Genesis, um, what did I say, 41 and 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and, uh, and dressed him in and dressed him in clothes of fine linen and put a gold chain on his neck. Make a note, gold chains are biblical. That's going to help somebody out this morning. Here's Joseph. I mean, just the mental gymnastics of his, his brothers hating on him, going to, going to the pit, then Potiphar's house, then in prison. How do, you, how do you stay connected to God? How do you still trust God in the midst of all that? You love his word. And you know that God's word doesn't lie. You know that it's already been established in heaven. And you know it's better than gold and silver and it's sweeter than honey. And it's a lamp and it's a light. Everything that we've learned, that's what God's word is. It's multifaceted. It's not one dimensional. It's everything. And that's why you fall in love with it and you embrace it as you're going up and down through the mixtures of life. You stick to the script and the prescription. Take your medicine daily, which is God's word. And then here we find Joseph. Pharaoh's putting a ring on his finger. And he's dressing him as a king. He gives him a gold chain. Verse 43, and he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all, underline all the land of Egypt. God, thank you. Talk about enlar enlarging your territory. Family, God's with you. Don't give up. Stay, get into the word. Verse 44, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without, without you shall no man lift his hand or his foot in all the land of you. Ain't nobody going to do anything, Joseph, unless you tell him to. <laughs> Verse 45, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephaniah, uh, which means God is, what I write down, that um, it's in here. I promise you it is. God speaks and God lives. This is the Pharaoh telling Joseph, your name is now. God speaks and God lives. And then it gets better for Joseph. And he gave him a wife who was the daughter of a, um, of a Levitical priest. So he's not unequally yoked. He married a, another Jewish young lady, a Hebrew. He gets promoted. He gets a new name where everybody recognizes that God speaks and God hears and God sees. He gets a wife. Oh, my gosh. And Joseph went out over all the land of an Joseph, I'm just going out to celebrate all over the all. Let me see what God has done from the pit to prison, from, from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison to the palace. Now he goes out all over Egypt and said, let me see what God has done. And look at this family. Uh oh. Here's the payoff. Verse 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. He was 30 years old. So you make a note, family. Oh, my gosh, this is so powerful. This is where I wanted to go initially, but but it was so much more to it. You had to hear the backstory. Joseph's now 30 years old. Remember when he first got the dream, he was 17. It's 13 years. <laughs> 13 years of ups and downs and hating and, and, and pits and, and, and temptation and false imprisonment and lies. 13 years to get to where God has for you. So family, here's the question this morning. Are you willing to wait 13 minutes? Are you willing to wait? Can you wait 13 hours? Can you wait 13 days? How about, okay, 13 weeks? Can you wait 13 months for what God has for you? Can you, or do we have to go out and do our own thing? Can we be obedient? Could, could we make it for 13 days? And I'm saying you have to at least, you, you can't look at your situation and base God upon your situation. You got to base it upon the word of God and not what you see. Can we at least wait 13 years for that job, for that spouse, for that kid, for that business, for that job, for that ministry, for my health to improve? Do I trust God enough? And when the enemy is constantly, remember, the enemy is constantly speaking in your ear every day, telling you not going to make it. You're never going to. David said, I hate the enemy for that. 
but I love the word of God. Family, we have to embrace. We got to love the word of God. The enemy's trying to tell us so much stuff. But as we see right here, God was with Joseph from start to finish. Family, if you don't get nothing else out of this message, make a note, God is with you from start to finish. The only thing that can stop you and I from accomplishing the God-given dream and purpose that God has for us is our disobedience to the word of God. That's the only thing that can stop us. Stop being upset with people. Stop being frustrated with people. Start praying, start fasting, start reading God's word, start embracing and loving God's word, start meditating on God's word daily. The formula is here. The treasure map is here. The blueprint is right here. God's been waiting to do so much in our life. But we nullify it through our disobedience. Look at this last scripture I'm going to share with you today. Look at Genesis 42 and 6. <laughs> God is too much. Sometimes God just shows out. If we if you be patient enough, God will show out in your life. Not for some pride, but for his glory, because Joseph was able to to save his family. Hear me now. Through his obedience, he was able to save his family, save his Hebrew people. And save even the people, the Egyptians that were not part of his family through his obedience to God. He was able to save folks. That's the bottom line, because the only thing we can take to heaven is other people through your obedience to God. The method, the plan, the purpose, the script. God wants you to go out and make disciples and build the kingdom of God. It's not some weird pride thing. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's about salvation. It's about folks being delivered and set free and 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 rescued and then rededicating their life. That's what it's about. It's a God-given dream, a God-given drive, a God-given process to the purpose that we have to go through. Some things we have to go through, but keep falling in love with the word of God and God's going to take you right where he wants you to be. Look where he wants Joseph to be, 42 and 6. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren, uh-oh, Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. <laughs> Joseph was trying to tell him, I have this dream that God's given me. But they were so filled with envy and hate, they couldn't even see it. They couldn't be happy for their brother. Stop hating on people, be happy for them. And because of the God-given dream, he was able to save his brothers, rescue his brothers. And he was able to forgive his brothers. I said that was the last scripture, but it's, it's not. I got to take you to this. I got I to find it. Um, let me find it. Come on, Lord. Let's turn to Genesis, I believe it's 45. I'm still, yeah, 45. When Joseph forgives his brothers. And so, Joseph tells his brothers, he says, am I not in the place of God? And I'm trying to find that. Joseph, forgive, make a note, family. I promise you I'll share it with you at the beginning of uh, next service. The Lord just put it on my heart uh, to share because his brothers, when they found out who Joseph was, they were afraid of Joseph. But Joseph said, am I not in the place of God? And he said, everything that you meant for evil, God turned it around and made it for good. He said, I'm in the place of God. I don't have any ill will against you. So here's my point. 
Whatever someone's done to you or what they're trying to do because of your obedience, it doesn't even matter. It's just going to accelerate and propel you into the place of God. Make a note of that. You can't walk around with bitterness and unforgiveness because someone has wronged you and put you in a place and put you in a place that you didn't think. <laughs> Genesis 50, 15. <laughs> I got some scholars out there helping pastor out this morning. <laughs> Genesis 50, 15. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will, will possibly hate us and will certainly repay us for the evil which we did unto him. They sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, your father and your father did command you before he died, saying, so shall you uh, say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray you. He's saying Joseph, asking Joseph to, to forgive his brothers from his dad. Verse 19 in Joseph, Genesis 50, 19, and Joseph said unto them, stop being afraid, stop tripping. Am I not in the place of God? Somebody write that down. And thank you for sending in the scripture because it's that powerful. I'm right where God had always planned for me to be, regardless of what you all tried to do. Family is forgiveness. It's loving the word of God, knowing that God, no one can stop it except for your disobedience. Don't be afraid. Forgive people. What did Jesus, I told you it'd be a type and a shadow in here of Christ. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They're just sending me right to the cross to resurrect and save everyone. Joseph said, you just sent me right to the place where I'm going to be able to save everyone physically. And we know Christ saved us spiritually. It's a type and shadow of Christ right here. Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. Verse 19, Joseph said unto them, man, stop tripping. Don't be afraid for I'm not, for am I not in the, you can't stop what God is doing. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. God flips the script. God turns it upside down, regardless of what folks are trying to do and to prevent, prevent what God has. They can't. Only your disobedience, only my disobedience can stop what God is doing in our life. God flips the script. Verse 20, but as for you, you thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass that it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear not, don't be afraid. I will nourish. Not only will I not punish you, I will nourish you. I will take care of you. And your little ones, come on, somebody say amen. This is what it's about. If the world could get into the word of God, it would change overnight. You're either influenced by God or by Satan. Look at the godly influence. He said, I'm going to take care of you and your kids. And he comforted them and spoke kindly unto them. Underline that somebody need to start speaking to someone a lot more kindly. And Joseph 22 and Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his he and his father's house and Joseph lived 110 years. Oh, my God, Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for your word, regardless of what it looks like. Stay obedient. Love God's word. Stay connected. Embrace it. Love it. Goodness, kindness, favor, blessings, mercy, forgiveness, life. Everything, nourishment. Everything that God is. He's empowered us to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go out and live this thing. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, God. Thank you for your word this morning. That part of the process and to progress to the promises, going through the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, the, the pit, the temptation in Potiphar's house, the prison, and then the palace. Even in the palace, Joseph could have become arrogant 
and self-serving, but he used his position in the palace to save lives. God, thank you. And to forgive and to show kindness and to nourish all and to save lives and give life to all. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your message this morning. May we be empowered and encouraged to go out and do the same as Joseph, despite what our present condition looks like. Let us not give focus or fuel our energy to the negative double-minded thoughts of the enemy, but let us embrace and love your word like never before. Thank you for your word. Bless your people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us this morning. Now let us go out and live it. Live a life that shows blessings and kindness and mercy and forgiveness and good success. The favor of God comes through obedience. The favor of God comes through obedience. We love you for that, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, family. As we've gone a little bit of overtime, um, just like in the, in the sports world, Brother Randy and I talk about it. Sometimes you go overtime. Hey, and as long as your team wins, you're happy with the overtime. And we see right here in the word of God, Joseph won. We win. So we went a little overtime. So thank you for your patience. But I, I pray that you got some some godly wisdom and, and empowerment from God's word. Fall in love with the word. And maybe you hear you saying, Pastor, I, I, I'm not even saved. I just happened to join on Facebook. and Someone invited me to Zoom and um, I'm not connected to God. It's real simple. It's nothing mystical or magical. The word of God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, whosoever shall say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart and live inside of me shall be born again, which means regenerated Converted from above. So just repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that Christ died on the cross for my sins. Thank you that Jesus Christ resurrected on that third day. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart, into my life. Take over my heart, take over my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you. God, show me the, your God-given purpose and plan that you have for my life. Let me fall in love with your word. Let me not focus my energy and my time and my mind on the negative thoughts of the enemy. Thank you for allowing me to be born again, regenerated from above. Lead and guide me daily, Lord. I receive you now. I embrace you now as my personal Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, please send the email to life at southbayalc.com. Let me say it again. Please send the email to life at southbayalc.com. I'd like to give you just a few, uh, few pointers as you begin your Christian walk. Even if you've rededicated your life, send the email to life at southbayalc.com. I'd like to give you a few scriptures, the word of God that you can meditate on that'll strengthen you <laughs> in the midst of our journey. Because as we, as we saw in the word today, the journey is not gonna look like the promise. Uh, it's not, but you gotta know that God's gonna get you there. Um, and then if you could join us on Wednesday night's Bible study, that'd be outstanding. So grateful and so Thankful to have you join us. And we are in 1 Kings chapter 2. Matter of fact, read 1 Kings chapter 2 and 3 because we're finishing the last few verses of chapter 2, which we didn't finish last week. And then we're going to jump into chapter 3, which is incredible. Uh, one of the most awesome stories in the Bible um, are in 1 Kings chapter 3 as Solomon gets wisdom from God to settle a a case between two ladies. That's all I'm going to tell you. You want to be there. You might want to read it ahead of time and, um, and see how it works out. Incredible story in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 3. Um, and then once again, want to thank you for your giving. 
Y'all have been very gracious and very kind and thank you. Uh, we're committed to getting the word out, to teaching the word and then empowering us so we can go out and spread the word to a, to a dark world that's, that's looking for, for answers. So much going on in society today. And when they ask you, you say, look, I don't know a lot of scriptures, but I know that Jesus Christ is real. I know the power of God is real. I know the word is real. And I know the, the Bible is smarter than everyone else that I know. And you tell them, get into the word of God. So give them solutions and not conspiracy theories. Don't argue about politics and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's not taking us anywhere. It's not productive. It's not pushing you into your purpose. The word of God is. And so as we close, I just want to pray and then um, let's enjoy the rest of our day. Lord, we thank you and we bless you for your word this morning, your empowerment, your encouragement. And we thank you, Lord, that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Love you, family. Hope to see you on Wednesday night. And then, Lord willing, so much happens from Sunday to Sunday, but looking forward to seeing you next week as well. Uh, be blessed. Get into the word, the Psalms, the Proverbs. Continue to pray and fast. And remember, fall in love again with the word of God. Where you are is not where you're going to stay. It's a speed bump. It's not a dead end street. The word of God is our map. It's our light. It's our lamp. It gets us right to where, we, where God has for us. So God bless you. Thank you, and I'll see you next week.